What's up and welcome to For Real For Real podcast with your comadres Paula and Sara. Tune in as we catch up and talk about our señora lives, motherhood, real talk, and of course, all the chisme. We want to welcome you into our comadre crew. We know how it is and life is full of ups and downs. So count on your comadres to tell it to you like it is, pretty or not, we got you. Thanks for listening. Here's our most recent episode of For Real, For Real. Good morning, comadre. Good morning. Hey, hey. Welcome to For Real, For Real with your comadre, Sara and Paula. Welcome back on this lovely Saturday morning. Again, te caíste de la cama. What time did you wake up today? Ma'am, I was up and running at 7 in the morning. No, wait, literally running or up and running because you were up? Like up and ready to go. Not ready. Oh, okay, that okay. So I was like, this. damn. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do after this. No, I was up and ready to go. I was pretty hyped. I'm excited about today's episode. I was up until 2 in the morning setting up Ooh. this whole contrap- contraption. I uh-huh. um I had to send in our equipment for repair. Something something wasn't right. So yeah, I was unable you to You mentioned that. Yeah. So so everything's all good now? Everything's all good. Well, I'm you know, trying it out, making sure everything works that I could actually hear you better and I'm wondering if that was part of the part of Problem? the issue. Mm-hmm. Maybe that too. I can't wait. I cannot wait to be back by you and and be able to record together i know i'm like building our little studio this situation is becoming a little legit so i'm excited (laughs) to like be able to well i mean i think you just get a different vibe when you're together and um no we do we definitely do yeah i mean we're here for like forever (laughs) i miss that (laughs) i really i mean i love cutting it short is the problem yeah yeah i mean i'm trying trying, we're doing better super excited about today's episode but let's catch up because you know this is what we do and we've sort of caught up a little <laughs> bit um because of course we start talking and then we're not recording yeah and you so. always get on me about that because i talk too much this time i kept telling you zip it <laughs> zip it and she wouldn't listen to me and we got some good laughs in before this and i'm so sorry we didn't record it because it was <clears throat> yeah hilarious <laughs> So, as we so have, how's everything going on with you this week? It's good. I mean, work is good. We're getting some good news. The kids looks like at least where I'm at. I think the city, I heard like the kids have started to go back to mm-hmm. school. On my end, my kiddo is going back full time. Now she goes Monday through Friday, but only for a few hours in the morning every day. She is going as of April, starting in April, right after spring break, all week, all day including lunch so she's excited i'm excited my baby might get a little fraction of a normal end of year for you know, her eighth grade year so I'm, I'm excited for all of the kids our <clears throat> high schools are trying our high schools in the area are trying to do it um the, a lot of the the elementary and middle schools so i'm just happy like these kids need to see each other um they do they need the interaction between each other and hands-on with their teachers and I think it's easier and it relieves the teachers also of some of that stress because I can't Mm -hmm. imagine having to some of them accommodate to both 
the e-learning mm-hmm. and kids that are back in class with them. So it's a lot for them. I really, my hats off to all teachers. Um, that's definitely a profession that I think isn't appreciated as much as it should be. Oh, right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you think about these um, teachers are not only the ones that are still doing it from home, they obviously, a lot of them obviously still have their own kids, right? Which means their kids are probably yeah. learning. So they're juggling parenting and their careers and obviously all of our kids. So yeah. I, my hat's off so. to them. They are doing a bang up. Shout job. out to all teachers. Yes. I mean, if it wasn't for them, holy moly, like the one thing I've heard so much, uh, especially now that we're officially one year into this, because as of yesterday, or no, actually as of the 13th, I, th- I think everything officially shut down last year. So yeah, happy one year anniversary. Crazy. I know. Yeah. Happy COVID or COVID anniversary. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, it's been a year. Yeah. So yeah, I crazy. mean, one thing I've heard from parents is like, I'm not a teacher. I can't do you this. Know, like, and that so, was really difficult to adjust to. Yeah. I mean, and they I think- do a lot. They do. do. And I think that we did, we did take it for granted. I mean, everybody has their routine, right? Whether you work or you don't, whether you stay at Mm -hmm. home or you go off to your own office and your job. But I was one of them. I mean, I, my dad would go to school and um, I knew what was going on. I, I, you know, I knew what he was doing, but he's, he's little. He, at the time he was in pre-K and now he's in kindergarten, but you do take it for granted the time that they're there. And mind you, he wasn't there full time. He was only there half day. Yeah. When he went into kindergarten, it was hard, one, because he had to adjust to now being at home, but also he's moving on to kindergarten. So it's none of the, it's, it's a big step for them. You know, they're not just playing and having time with other, socializing with other children, but now it's actually doing work and learning and it was a big adjustment. So yeah, that this is a, I mean, it's, it's crazy to me to think that a year ago, this mm-hmm. was starting and we're still here now. Now, I think I still don't see that we are going to get to our, what the normal was back then, but we're well on our way. And I, I'm, it's sad to see now. I don't know if you've paid, if you've noticed or paid attention, but now it's normal to see masks everywhere. For example, I was looking at commercials now and I realized that in commercials, now the actors have masks on as they're walking in the park or as their background, like, it's just crazy to me. That's not, that would have never happened before, but now it's our normal. I think it's weird when you go out because you have some people just sick of the masks and they don't want to wear them. So that's weird. Or the idea like that you're running, I was at the, I, uh, I, Went to the grocery store just to get some quick, uh, a little Mexican grocery store that we have. It's very, very tiny. And um, I, lo and behold, I run into somebody I know. And she ran in with her daughter to get, like, some salsa. And she wasn't wearing a mask. And so she, like, you know, it's that realization of, but then, I'm already in here. I'm just grabbing something really quick, like, in and out. You don't do the, uh, I forgot my mask circle. Like, you're walking and you're in the parking lot, and then you just see somebody go, well, and I mean, turn around. for me, <laughs> I wear the thing on a necklace around my neck. 
So because mm-hmm. I I leave the house every day and I go to a like a job outside of the home. So for me now it's second nature. Like I don't I don't forget. You know it's not like. Mm-hmm. But for somebody I would see that like if you're still like either a stay at home mom or you're working like you're doing your job from home, I could see how if you don't mm-hmm. step out a lot, that that would be something that, that you could forget for sure. Um, so yeah, she just, she ran in and then she's like, she had a sweater and she was covering her mouth with the with sweater. sweater. I've seen people do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. because, you know, it, and it's like, number one, it's almost like a shaming thing now. Like you, you feel like other people are going to judge you. Somebody might say something, right? It might turn violent. Like you just never know. So it's yeah. just weird that where before this time last year, we were all kind of searching like masks. Where are we going to get masks? And everybody bought the disposable ones that were available um, on Amazon, right? Online. So much so that mm-hmm. we were taking them away from our um, medical professionals that actually needed them, right? Or our frontline workers, like police. Uh, yeah, that, they, that there was a shortage of right. them. Right. And mm-hmm. then people started making them at home and then selling mm-hmm. them. And I was like, oh, and my then gosh. it was a business. <laughs> and, right. And so many businesses popped up from, from that. So, and now you're, you're going out. And I think as of this week, Texas, right, has now lifted their mask everything how crazy is that would be so weird to go there like i would still wear a mask and i'm pretty sure i would be the one that would judge if i was wearing a mask in texas that is crazy how do you do that i would not even understand but okay if they would gradually do it or in phases as we have been doing yeah but to lift everything all at once that's I, I don't know. Well, That's I think talking about COVID in Texas is probably an hour all in its own. They're going through their own issues. I mean, obviously they got hit with that nasty storm. Now their no mask that. mandate has been lifted. They are doing in some stadiums, like in certain cities in Texas, they're doing um, like baseball is back, I think. And they're, one one city, for example, is doing like a full, full like no holds bar. Like everybody can come in like before no mask versus another city that's saying no we're still going to do limited capacity you have to wear a mask mm-hmm. and i think i might be incorrect but i think um the governor or the mayor somebody wants to sue the stadium like some government for entity. doing that for, for doing that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah no it's crazy like i'm telling you like texas is all in its own that's all money based though i <laughs> totally blame but it on i mean that. like, that's all money based. but if it was Oh, totally. I'm sure so much is obviously financially driven, but you'd think, right, that the stadium who hasn't had any people in there for a year would be saying, yeah, sure, let's fill maximum capacity, no masks, right? But they're the ones that are saying no. So one stadium is versus another one that's saying, no, like, everybody come in, baseball is back. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, no, I mean, I, I think everybody's still operating under so many different guidelines and for us we're just trying to do still what's best for our family i'm okay with I think, the mask. i think it's all yes i think it's all um yeah. whatever it is that's going on or whatever uh restrictions are still on everybody still needs to take their own precautions and say like okay just because that has been lifted do you consider it safe for your family like right. to be out there without a mask and just whatever yeah, like do no. what's best for your family, do what's yeah. safe, and then be considerate of others, you know? Just mm-hmm. everybody, we have the vaccine rollout, the city's like doing their part now. I got my second shot last. Did you? How was I that? Did. How did, how did I, you react to it? Thank goodness. Cross my fingers. Little baby Jesus was looking out for me. 
all the angels and all the saints because I was okay other than feeling a little bit lethargic, which, um, you know, come the end of the week, by the weekend, I'm pretty tired anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. So nothing bad. Some people were just like experiencing the craziest headaches, vomiting, nausea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like a the- lot of people are not doing it because they're afraid that they're going to get through that, but they don't see that the, what they're going to go through far supersedes the consequences if you don't get it, you know? Yeah. So well, a lot of them are afraid. I've heard that. And you know what? I was around a lot of um my, the job that I had was a vaccination site. I was actually dealing with a lot of the, the calls and talking to people. Anyways, I have the advantage of being able to talk to a lot of people that receive the vaccine and the, just a different um, side effects, I guess, that some people are getting. Mm-hmm. The one that might surprise you, and actually my mom's about to get her second dose this, week, this coming Monday, mm-hmm. and I'd want to share one symptom that I have not heard anyone talk about, and um, I did hear from a few of the people around me that got the second dose, kidney pain. Like they felt like they just got punched in the kidney Mm -hmm. and that lasted for a couple of days. So like, for example, maybe they got a little bit of like one of them, no chills, no fever, no, nothing, totally fine. But then the kidney, the kidney pain was like starting to become a little intense and uncomfortable. So that was a total new one. And I didn't just hear it from one person. So I'm just saying like, be careful, be really in tune with your body, pay attention to everything because obviously you you could start having a pain and it could be something else, but mm-hmm. kidney, a ki- kidney pain. And then obviously going to the restroom a lot, um, was one of those, but I did hear from people who, who have, um, um, friends in hospitals and they said one recommendation is right. B- like days before you get your second dose to make sure you are drinking a lot of water, reduce your intake of caffeine and alcohol. Same for right after you get the vaccine. A lot of water, reduce your intake of caffeine and alcohol. Just to, you know, just to be on the safe side. And so I was pounding that water. I mean, I, I'm a pretty good water drinker, but I was putting that water down like nobody's business. So I think during that week, I was probably in the restroom more than I was working. <laughs> because obviously what happens when you drink a lot of water, right? It has to come out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, I was it's, like, I was so paranoid, so scared. And I was like that day at work, um, people were just dropping like flies, like pale. I mean, you just saw the color train, but you know what? I'm just going to stop it. I don't want to discourage anyone. It's a good nah. thing. You know what? So much so that the, that the following day, cause like so many, I was, I was on the low end of people that were totally fine. Um, Somebody's like, well, I guess that means it's working. And then I was like, wait, so does that mean it didn't work with me? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, just, so like, I guess, what does that mean? No, I just think everybody's body yeah. reacts differently. I was just, I and, lucked out. I honestly yeah. really lucked out. I'm no, number one, are... I'm lucky I was able to get it. And so, yeah. um, and number two is just like, it was quick, easy. They're so professional. Everybody's just doing what they can. So um, I'm very grateful, thankful I was able to get it and um slowly like family members like through their jobs or different things are able to get it so it makes me very happy because you know again it's just like you could see the light at the end of the tunnel i know we're slowly getting there Mm -hmm. i we are also offered it at work but because i'm pregnant um i'm not taking it so 
it's it's in the back of my mind you know it does yeah. worry me because i have to be extra cautious i have had covid though so that's something else that's in the back of my mind as well because we don't know the effects that it long-lasting effects that it can have right. um so that's also in the back of my mind but um i do think that it's something that you are fortunate for having it available to you because not everybody does mm-hmm. we had mentioned this before there are a lot of people that are anxious to get it and are trying to because of health reasons and they mm-hmm. can't seem to be able to get appointments or or be have any availability but i think that's that's starting to ease up so hopefully that um that like you said will bring us to the end of the tunnel and and we'll get a little bit of relief from it and um we'll get some kind of normal feedback um so yes that is it um for our COVID talk, because we can go on yeah. and talk about this like, no more, right now. No right? more a year later, but you know, sometimes you have to just memorialize No, we, we the need moment. to, we need, yes, it's very necessary. We, it's definitely, that's to say, but it's like a milestone. That's a year. And we've come a long way from not knowing anything to, okay, some kind of progress. All yeah. right, I'll take it. Like, I'll take it. I'm lucky to be able to be at home, <laughs> working from home and um, have my baby with me. I've decided for him not to go back to school, but um, I think that, like you said, we need to. This is it's we're coming to an end somewhere soon. Yeah. So yeah, and you just have to, like I said, you know, just do best, do what you feel is best for your family and the situation that you're currently in. Like, I so think- we started. We started like you, like we're talking about doing what's best. We started to go out to dinner. Like <laughs> we see where we pick where you know. And we started to watch dinner. I think we've been out with the kids. I'm trying to remember where we've been. But I know I know with Mateo we've been out to like have pizza or something, you know, and it was um social distance and of course all the precautions and we I we're doing all the good stuff. Everybody does. The um hand sanitizer before, after we wash our hands, when we get there, we sanitize once we sit down, we like everything, right? So the kids already have it down to a path, like they already know. Um Yesterday we went out to dinner, and it was just us because we are. It's a kidless weekend, so whenever we record, it's a kidless weekend, and um, we go out. And it was a little crazy to see that. I mean, it was. I'm used to seeing restaurants not filled to total capacity, or to be a little bit, you know, secluded from other people. And this was a little like it, it looked more normal. Everybody was sitting. At chair, at chair, at tables, and it looks a little bit more normal. But yesterday, was, this is totally unrelated to COVID, but I just thought it was funny. And um, I posted it yesterday. So I'm sitting down, and well, now I'm totally showing, dude. I'm six months pregnant. Like I'm, I'm, I'm starting to waddle. I feel like a turtle when I lay on my back. I, I need somebody to help me up. I can't just shift. It takes me forever to do anything. And we're sitting down and the waitress comes and asks if we're ready and I'm like no please give us a little bit of time so we're taking our time and then we sat there we were just having a conversation we were done we knew what we wanted but I guess she felt she took too long and she comes back and she's like guys I'm so sorry are you guys ready and she comes with shots <laughs> and she's like I'm sorry for the wait guys she's like but to make up for it here you go and she gives us both a shot with the lemon and I'm like so then I uh... sit back because I'm sitting forward <laughs> So then I sit back, and then she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. 
no te vi. She's like, I, I can't even tell. You know, because I was embarazada that you're pregnant. And I'm like, yeah. And she was just like, I'll be right back. And she goes back. And she comes back with an horchata shot. And she was just like, here you go. I have an horchata shot on me. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's so cute. So it was so funny. I just thought it was funny. I thought it was cute. But I was really surprised to see, I mean, people are anxious to go out. So I was surprised to see how how many people are out. And now, you know what? You need to call ahead to see because people are so anxious to go out. Regular little restaurants or dives that you thought, you know, back before a year ago, you wouldn't need a reservation. Sometimes they have weights now and now they require reservations. That's awesome. Well, I mean, that's awesome for them, right? They really need the business. They need to recover. Oh, they do. Yeah. So many places didn't and won't. So, yeah, no, I I, I see that. Uh, I still have not been brave enough to go out. Uh-huh. Um, other than the grocery store, I don't know. I, I still, I'm weary. I'm still trying to testing the way. Even though I leave, like I said, I leave the house every day to go to work. I have, that to me, that's essential. But I just haven't um, ventured there. Husband, uh, speaking of last week, right? Love languages and being more uh, open to what your, your your significant other wants. And I think he's been itching to go out. And as more restrictions are lifted. Mm-hmm. So I have my birthday. My birthday is next Friday. And mm-hmm. I know the big three nine uh, last year <laughs> in my 30s. Uh, i'm excited listen i'm getting i'm only getting better like wine you know we are it's all progress that's what it is wine (laughs) fermented cheese just gets better with age um uh yeah so he really wants to go out and i think at first uh reaction i would have said absolutely not but i was Mm -hmm. like you know what he really even though it's my birthday he really wants to go out and he wants to do this for me and so okay. um, that's good. I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's leading up to what we're going to talk about. So mm-hmm. is this something that he wants to do just you and him or, or is it the whole family? Oh, it's the three of us. I mean, it's always like the, the three uh-huh. of us. There is no, okay. I mean, especially right now, I think she's getting older. She's getting a little bit more bold. This one where she would probably say, I'll stay home. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I, I the three of us we'd go out go out for dinner i think we're getting Mm -hmm. to that age where pretty soon she's going to be like yeah yeah old geezers you guys go i have my own thing so Mm -hmm. oh yeah no i'm excited for that but i think he just for for like us like he he likes he feels comfortable so he does want to go out but i know more than anything wants to do it for me so i'm a little bit more of a stick in the mud um i think (laughs) i've learned that lately and so I don't think I'm, it's bad. I just well, think no, I'm more rigid. I am see it as an essential thing to do. So you're like, no, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. you know, you're still a little weary about going out. Yeah, I'm curious to see how you'll be after you go out, though. Yeah, I'll see. I mean, I, I, you know, from hearing from people that are going out, they like it. Everything's like clean. The places are trying to do everything that they can to make sure everyone's safe. And, um. And again, we're lucky. We just got this darn vaccine. At that point, we'll be at, at week two, which is, I think, where where it's supposed to be effective or where you're, you know, supposed to be good. So, um, I mean, it's it's all good. It's just me. Um, I'm a rule follower. 
And even though it's, mm-hmm. I guess, in part of the world that you can't go out, it's, it's still part of me, like, you know, like when your parents tell you, um, pues, you know, haz lo que quieras, but, you know, tú sabrás, like, tú sabrás, so you know. No, my favorite, my favorite is, yeah, yeah, and you know, though, that they really don't want you to do it, so it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I know you, I can. guilty and have that, wait, so my man is leaving, so I need to, no. I <laughs> just heard, hi. Don't say that. He's like, hi. He's running out the door. Bye, my amor. Be careful. Um, he's heading out. Um, no, I'm curious to see how you'll be after this. Yeah. And will you have that voice in your head the whole time going, I shouldn't be here. Oh my God, I shouldn't be here. I should have done this. I should have done that. Yeah. Or will you enjoy yourself? Yeah, I don't know. Pro- I mean, I'm I'm going to be open to enjoying myself because I know if I put it in my head, like, I you know what I I know myself, and I'm going to be like, even though being there means business for the restaurant and obviously job security for the staff, I'll be like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, like that you have to be waiting on me because I decided that during a pandemic so I have funny. to go out to dinner. Yeah. yeah, you are so funny. I am, I'm, and both he and I are like this. Yesterday with that waitress, girl, she sat there and gave us her whole life story. Like we were kind of sitting there, like going, like okay, at the beginning it's cool, you know, you're talking type, but then she stood there and the food got there. Like somebody else had to bring out the food for us because she was standing there talking. The staff was starting to look at her like, dude, are you working or what the hell? We have a full house. She was just going on and on because she was. Once she realized I was pregnant, she kept going on about her pregnancy that she had, and so she's telling her experience and just talking about babies and this and that. And you know, we we're we're both very uh, outgoing. So once we were talking, I, it got to a point where we were kind of sitting there going, "Are you going to pull up a chair? Like, what's going to happen here? Our food got there." And then she's like, "Okay, I'll let you guys be because your your food is going to get cold." I mean, we totally like I'm. Mm-mm, I, I see what I can see you. I can actually see you sitting there going, I'm sorry. It's my birthday, but I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry I had to make you wait on me. And no, I totally, I, I appreciate, you know, when you go out in the service, but I like having conversations with them and also yeah. just being polite because I hate when people are rude. That's such a big thing for me. If I hear somebody be rude to somebody in customer service or at a restaurant, I don't see that person the same anymore. Yeah, no, I can't. I, 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 that's one thing I cannot tolerate. I have, and um, when actually when this first started last year, I was at um. Everybody was panicking, and I didn't take it seriously. And I'm usually a worry wart. Everybody's panicking, like going into the stores, buying up all the food, and I here I uh-huh. was going to um TJ Maxx or Home Goods, Marshalls, one of those, uh-huh. to buy weights. <laughs> I was looking for a kettlebell. <laughs> so everybody i kid you not even at tj even at like whatever store it was marshall's even at marshall's um people were like freaking out getting all the pots and pans and all of this crazy stuff and here i was i kid you not in line with a kettlebell and i could only <laughs> find one little did we all know that everybody would soon start freaking out over fitness yeah. equipment so i yeah. was like i need a kettlebell you know i went to go get a kettlebell whatever it was this stupid 10 pound priorities weight. i guess yeah. you think yes yeah would, so no, again totally well, not on the top of my list well everybody's mm-hmm. freaking out i'm thinking ah this will blow over in a week or two like what's the big like i was 
I was not there yet. Like in my head, I was not there yet. I thought it was mm -hmm. like, you know, pretty ridiculous and whatever. Anyways, so I have this lady in line yelling at this poor teen who's probably already freaked out because she sees all of these people coming in and out and the poor people that are working at these places serving us they also want to get things for their family i'm sure right and they're seeing everything being bought up and by the time they get off of work there's like nothing left so we don't know what's going on with these poor people this was a young high school girl you could tell she was totally young behind the desk this woman starts to yell at her and at first I didn't, I always walk around the store because I just don't want to be bothered. I have like a podcast or music or whatever, something in my ears. But I saw like something was off. And so I took, so I didn't hear everything from the beginning. But anyways, this woman was yelling at this poor girl. It just turns out that she wanted a discount. And the girl's like, well, like I can't give you a discount. And she wanted an employee's discount. And um, then, <clears throat> then the employee, I guess, who was friends with the person that was trying to buy the items comes from the store behind the girl at the checkout and she starts kind of yelling at her and berating her. And I was like, okay, something's up like detective, detective hat, right? Basically the lady was trying to make this girl give the, the woman buying the stuff, the discount because she couldn't do it. Cause she would have gotten in trouble. So in so many words, like that, I'm like, so if it's your friend or if that's a big, that big of a deal, why don't you get on the, other register and check this lady out because she couldn't. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they were both berating this poor girl. Um, maybe she was new. I don't know. Like she was really nervous trying to like bring the items. And I said, you know what? I went up there and I never do this. And I was like, you know what? This is not okay. And I'm telling you right now, I need to speak to the manager and I'm going to be calling your district manager. This is unacceptable. You have this girl in tears. She's trying to do her job. You're trying to do a workaround. And trying to make mm, her feel nervous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then then the the lady, the other employee. Oh no, no, ma'am, no. And I'm like, don't ma'am me. I'm like, apologize to her. This is like, this is not right. Like, whatever you're trying to do, clearly you're not supposed to be doing it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be making her do it. And then um, mm. that's like that. That's like unacceptable. You know, unacceptable. Mm. You do not I... treat people that serve you. And as, if we have learned one thing from all of this is that these people that so many see as low on the totem pole or you see as less than, these people kept our world going, whether they were at the grocery stores, whether they were at our restaurants, whether they were our maintenance people, they kept the world going while our Fortune 500, yeah, they might have kept the money going from home. The people that relentlessly made sure we had food out on those fields and um, like California, all of our farm workers, our uh, maintenance people. No, are, gente, like for yes, real, yeah. That those are the people, the people that we don't want to give fifteen dollars an hour to raise their minimum wage because they should have gotten an education and gotten a better job. Those people kept this world from falling apart. Those are the we, people. Um, we label, we we let labels define us so much that the the extra then things now get to us and make us feel like we are more than others because of that so people that that are defined by their label by their title at work by what they do as a profession by where they went to school by how big their houses are where they live they they get all caught up in that and then when it comes down to it like you said you realize that 
once you stripped of all that, because this is what COVID also did, it stripped us of a lot of stuff. A lot of these businesses went out of business. A lot of these big job titles were no longer there. And then you let a title or something like that define you so much that when it's taken away from you, you realize you're just a person like we all are. And then when that comes into play, you have you realize that. You have to realize that. Some people don't though. So when I that this happened to me long ago. And I I mean that I've always been big on that. I'm I'm not I don't like to be not that I'm I I'm a pushover when it comes to customer service or anything, but I just think there's no need to be rude or to Same. parade somebody or or no, because the person that you're working with on the other line, this is their job and this is what they're doing and you you can get the same thing done, whatever it is you want done by speaking to them like a person. Like this is this is what it is. You two people that they, they don't care where you work, what you do, how much money you have in your bank account or any, it's just a person that you're speaking to and you're gonna get the service that you need. So unless that person is rude, because then that's something else, you know, that's totally different. But one time that always sticks in my head, as there was somebody that it was somebody at work. And she was a higher up and I really admired this person. Like I really admired her and saw her as somebody to look up to because I admired a lot of the qualities she had. And at work, I, it was somebody I looked up to. One day I heard her calling her cable company and the way she spoke to that person on the other line was ridiculous. Like the way that she was saying, do you know, what I do for a living and who I am and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, they don't care. Like you are nobody outside of this building. You are another person. Like this is just because you have a certain title or you make this much money doesn't define you. It's not your character. So when I saw that, it totally shut me down. Like I, I never saw this person the same way again, because it, it, it got to me so much like as a person this is how ugly you are no then then you are not who I thought you were and I can't relate to that I can never I never want to be like that I never want so that totally shut me down and I never again did I see her the same thinking about the people that we have in our lives I would not want anyone to mistreat my parents for example mm -hmm. for working in the service industry or family you know just anyone no one anyway. should be treated like that they don't deserve it and again, if we have learned anything from this past year is to know that everyone serves a purpose on this earth. Bottom line, we're all human. We all deserve dignity and respect. And no one person is above anyone else, nor are, do we have the right to strip somebody of their dignity. And so... I mean, we forget we're all human and we all have the same feelings and we you know when you talk to somebody ask them how their day was it makes such a big difference to hear somebody on the phone and they're like blah 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 blah. you know they say their little spiel yeah but if you ask them it they're saying their spiel so they're used to everybody just jumping in but if you ask them how they are what they're doing or where they're calling from they kind of like perk up a little and they're like oh you're actually talking to me so we're all people here we all need the same thing um so I'm going to try to jump in because we've already <laughs> I know, so this like... happens, but I love it. I mean, I love it. This is the way we are. We just start talking about the most randomest stuff and I like it. Um, we 
we were just talking about feelings and how I say we all need a little bit of um, praise. I think I think we need a little bit of praise. Everybody, that goes a long way. Appreciation, praise, mm-hmm. and um, just being in tune with somebody's feelings or showing some kind of interest. So last episode, we talked about relationships. And you sort of brought, you brought up um, the five love languages, which I have totally forgotten about. And I am super excited to talk about this today. Um, there, we gave each other homework that, <laughs> that day that we were recording to go ahead and read about, read the book about the five love languages. And what you guys missed that Paula was saying that we were cracking up. We, we, you know, we're like, okay, we're going to read it. You know, we'll read it, whatever. I downloaded it. I started reading it. She, I, I imagine she was doing the same thing. She, we were texting and she did ask me, are you doing your homework? And I said, yeah. <laughs> so this morning we're talking and she started, we started to talk about the book and then she's like, did you finish? And I said, I'm like four chapters away from finishing, but I got through all of the love languages where it explains everything for each of them and gives, you know, examples. And she's like, oh, and I took the test and I'm like, the test? Where's the test? <laughs> she's like, or it's on this page and it didn't coincide with the page that I had and I'm like wait what book did you read and this is like oh my god what book did you read <laughs> so then we were freaking out because we didn't know if we had read different books which is totally typical us like I that would I could see that happening to us reading two different books although yes. that would give us insight on two different opinions but no we realized it was the same book the same author um so I want to get started with that all right so, so. we started we started to talk about <laughs> the love languages and um, what they were. So for anybody that missed that, um, what are the love languages? There's five love languages. Yes. Yeah, so And you want to go ahead and read them off? I sure can. So the book is called The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts. And the author is Gary Chapman. So he mm-hmm. is a... Um, uh, an anthropologist I believe he began as and he started uh counseling and um doing things with with individuals who that then led to couples and which is how he discovered the love languages the book is very very interesting I'm not um like I mentioned to Sara I'm not into self-help books or anything like that but reading this honestly was a different experience I got it on audible and I liked it so much, I actually went to go get the physical copy. And if there's one thing about me, you give me homework, I'm going to overachieve, <laughs> succeed, take notes. So just to give you a little bit of info on the book, um, the book now is about 28 years old. And it's it was ri- 28 years old? Right. It's, it was written, or the, his whole, and, and even older than that, because he started doing this with with his, like, in his therapies and his counseling sessions way before that. So yes, the book now is about 28 years old. Um, It's sold over 12 million copies and it's written in over 50 different languages. It's first year. Okay, I did not know that. Thank you so much for all these fun facts (laughs) because I can count on you for that. I would have just been like, okay, guys, go get this book and now put it in it. Well, a good thing is about something like this because some things can be fads, right? And other things it's like, well, for me, why is this, book working why is why are so many people talking about it and like I told you like as soon as I mentioned it 
it was one of those things I mentioned it, but not because I had read it. I, I hadn't read it. And no, um, you had started. And, heard, mm-hmm. and I had and I had heard of it as well. I've heard of not the book itself, but I have heard of the five love languages. And then after like looking it up, he's the one that had the book out on it. But I didn't know that it was this old. And he does speak about um, he gives a little bit of background, you know, mm-hmm. or the examples as he's going through each chapter are about the therapies that he has or the counseling that yes. he has with couples. And he gives, I love that, that he gives examples because I think that's how some people um, are better off learning from reading and mm-hmm. then just getting facts. And then other people need examples to visualize or to uh, set in and relate to them. So I think that was a good, a good part. Yeah. It totally that's gave me a chicken soup for the soul vibe, which I was totally into like in grammar, like in elementary school and high school. Don't ask me why, but I would like, I lived for those chicken soup for the soul books. Um, but yeah, it gives you, it gives you, it, it basically gives you a story of how he developed or he, how he discovered what these languages were in meeting different couples. And so he gives you real life examples of these people that he met throughout his career and how he started figuring out, oh, like, um, so the concept of this whole idea is that, um, for example, when, when a couple gets together, the first two years are hot and heavy, passionate. You have this feeling that you equate to being love. After the initial two years, that same fervor, that same passion almost sort of fades. And you feel like, oh, my gosh, do I even know this person? Did I so make a what, mistake? That is sort of the what we call the honeymoon phase, right? Yes. So and so, that is the we're so in love phase and mm-hmm. nothing is going to stop us and, you know, all that. So you being married has been there and currently in a relationship do you relate to that and would you say that two years is what approximately that lasts in your experience i think on a good like on the probably probably good and it lasts two years for me it it probably faded before that because okay thank you because when i read that i was like two years yeah what the hell like that's a long time Mm -hmm. i mean okay and and See, Maybe if you're dating for it. two years, like, you know how some people like, you know, you date, you have that courtship and then you get married. Mm-hmm. I think it just all depends on what the nature of the relationship is relationship because, was? yeah, because we, 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 we already knew each other. We were, we didn't date for very long. We got married rather quickly. And so all of that, it was like, yeah, the honeymoon, we're so obsessed with each other, like totally in love. But then as soon as you get married, it gets weird, real, right? Because you're. You live uh-huh, together. You're two responsible adults now. Yeah, right? you have to pay bills. He's going to work. Like, I'm going to work. We were both finishing up school. So we were both very, very busy. Didn't have too much time to spend with each other because the priority was finishing school for each of us. We're finishing up our, our degrees. And then also working because we have to pay bills and we wanted to save money to get a place of our own. And we were living with his uh, parents at the time. And surprise, we were pregnant. We got pregnant <laughs> rather quickly. And so you have all of these things that start to take priority over the relationship, over so, still getting to know each other and all of those things. And you get to a point where all of that is on the back burner. And then you start to either resent the person that you're with and that the divorce rate in our country is over 60 percent. 
or is it 50, 60 percent? It's, it's very high and even more in second and third marriages. And so what this book is basically yes, breaking I down for you. I did see that. And I was like, okay, that's something I want to hear. But okay, so I want, I'm curious and I would really like our listeners to also let us know what, what in your experience or what are your thoughts on the honeymoon phase as I do air quotes and nobody can see me, of course, because I'm recording. But the honeymoon phase. So when I read two years, I was like, two years, that's a whole lot of time. Like, yeah, I don't think it's two years. Now, I do understand his um, rationale behind it. Like he was saying, it's two years of like complete obsession and love and everything. And then after that, he goes in into explaining how um, after the honeymoon phase or after the, the in love phase of being in love then real love comes in so we've had well and and I don't think I had read this yet that is so funny I don't think I had read this yet I don't know how this came up between me and my boyfriend but we were talking about it and I I randomly just said do you think that we're still in the honeymoon phase because honestly I don't think we are but we have two different meanings which is another thing how what do you interpret being the honeymoon phase he right away answered, he's like, yes, we totally are. And I was like, really? And he kind of got offended. And he's like, what? Like, you don't think so? Or why do you say we're not? And I said, no, it's not a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing that we're not. I said, I think the honeymoon phase is the total obsessive. He can do no wrong. I see nothing wrong. And, you know, he does nothing wrong. He's perfection. He's this, he's that. And everything is like floating and rainbows and everything right yeah but I don't I think we're past that I think we yes I'm totally like head over heels over him I'm especially in pendeja for him but <laughs> I'm saying I think we're into reality already we have kids we have responsibilities we we are together 24 7 because we work together we're here together you know we're past that we're past the oh my god I'm so you know like past the rainbows and unicorns part. Like I, I really don't think we're there, but it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that it's bad where he was kind of taking it like, oh my God, you, you don't think so? And I said, no, but I don't see it as being bad. I see it as being good because it's reality, but we're really good in our reality. Like I, I don't, we mesh really well and I'm good. That might be, that might be my honeymoon phase. Like, thought. yeah, I mean, so you're I just into a different level. In yeah, your relationship, yeah. and you're comfortable with it. You're happy because you've crossed. Like a lot of people, don't even make it out of the honeymoon phase. Uh, so that that's where he goes into speaking about getting out of the honeymoon or the the what does he call it? The um, not the honeymoon phase. I label it that. He calls it the in love phase. Mm-hmm. So he goes into speaking about the in love phase, and then going into the real love phase. So the real love phase then is. When you get out of the honeymoon phase, you either have, you have a choice. You either stick it through and go and you choose to be with this person and you are in love with this person or that fizzles out for you. And then you just choose to jump ship. Like that's it. We don't have it anymore. We don't see eye to eye anymore or we're not there anymore. And then that's it. Like you're done. So you decide we're not in love. And I don't understand this person and that's it. Right. 
And so his whole concept behind these love languages is that, well, for example, so let me, let me give you guys a the list the of the five. Languages. And then I'll break down what he means by loving somebody in their love language, even though it might not be ours, right? So we have um, love language number one, words of affirmation. Number two, quality time. Number three, receiving gifts. Number four, acts of service. And number five, physical touch. And what he's saying is about what you were mentioning and learning to be in love and speaking the love language of your partner is, for example, if um, I'll just tell you guys right away what I am. I am, uh, what is it? Words of affirmation. So I have like my number one is. So words- let's, let's start with number one and give like an explanation of what it is. So you, you are number one. You are I one am. of your number one. Number one. And then I tie with uh, quality time and acts of service. So for me, a lot of it is uh, based on time and thoughtfulness in that way. So uh, encouraging words. So words of affirmation have to do with, and he says, like, for example, if you grew up without ever having somebody give you kind words or talk to you in that way it might be difficult for you to understand why somebody else might need that because that is not a need that you might have and you might not understand how to fulfill that need because you're just not familiar with it so and it it doesn't relate to you it doesn't seem important to you right so for you you would without knowing what your love language is right if you like hey you know i'm really busy I need you to help me out with, uh, you know, take the car in for for its tune-up or whatever, you know, to do this, go to the grocery store, clean the house. If you if if that's what fulfills you and and your partner gives you words of affirmation, like oh my gosh, you're so pretty, I'm so proud of what you're doing, that's not going to do anything for you, because what you're looking for is something different. So it's basically about getting on the same page about what it is that you need. And what it is that your partner needs in order to, and he uses this word a lot, fill that love tank, which I find hilarious because, because side note, if you're a fan of Bravo, yes, yes, (laughs) yes, that's why I hate it because she would use it all the time. time. She'd be like, my love tank is full. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds so ridiculous. Like, I hate that. I thing. didn't know that this is probably where she got it from, right? Obviously, she didn't Maybe. read the whole book because that woman's in trouble. So we're talking about, oh, sorry. We're talking about uh, Vicky Gumvelson from the Real Housewives <laughs> of Orange County, um, who she's like the, the what is it? The OG of the OC, who is no longer on the show. Um, but yeah, so she, she, was ha- she had this long marriage fell apart and she was finding someone else. And she always referred to this whole like love tank. And I'm like, what the hell? Like this love tank. Which, which, by the way, (laughs) she had a really good husband, had been there with her, had supported her, had done all these things. And then she left him after, I don't know, 20 something years of marriage to, to get with this guy who was like a con artist. Ended up scamming her out of, I don't know how much money and other people. And so that just goes to show that, she had her love tank. She didn't read the. She her. didn't do her homework. She didn't read the whole book. She didn't book do her homework. Yeah, she would have read the whole book. Her part. That yeah. been it. And so, and that's what it's about, right? To us, we see this man that was providing her financial security. Well, 
No, she she was actually really good with financial security, but he he did. He was the breadwinner there. From the outside in, we saw like he did things for her. He spoke kindly to her. It seemed to us, right, as a viewer, that he really loved her. So we were that was probably fulfilling whatever it is that we thought would be a good man. But to her, it wasn't, which is obviously and why they're not is, together. That is why this whole love language thing is important because. What is important to you might not be that important to me. And it might lead to me being miserable or not not understanding mm-hmm. why you can't fulfill what I want. It's because we both don't see eye to eye on it. So what, like, like you're saying, to us, that's something that's like, what else do you want? And I hear that a lot. Like, he was a good guy. What else would you want? It's not about that. It's not about somebody being a good man a good person or it's about them fulfilling your needs whether it be words of affirmation whether it be anything acts of service um it just depends on everybody so that is why it's important to get in tune with this and I know a lot of people might be like that's too much work like I don't I'm not gonna really look into it but once you start to see it everybody fits somewhere and everything makes sense Mm -hmm. I started to read the book and go through my head as I'm reading the book I could see examples of each and every chapter not only for myself but for friends or for family because I do get asked a lot for advice or I I am I am somebody that a lot of my friends and family call this event because I like to listen and and be there for my close relatives and friends right so I could picture certain things and I could see and, and some of that goes into play. So once you, I guarantee you, once you read the book, you'll start to understand things better. And even if you don't read the book, we said there's a test, right? So you yes. can do the test. Also you, can online. Go, you can go to uh, five languages, five languages.com. You can get it. There's even an app. It's called love nudge for couples. So you can take the quiz and find out what your love language is and your partner's love language is. But also, I would recommend, honestly, reading the book in a great way. I'm really busy. I don't. I love reading, but I don't have that much time to be able to sit and read. So while I'm working out, while I was working out or driving to work or running around, I got it on Audible. And just, You're big on the Audible. I do. I, 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 love, I love books. I love to read. I really, really do. But I just don't have the time to sit with a book. And Uh so uh um, being able to listen to it, I I love talk radio, which, you know, we have a podcast. I love listening to podcasts. So I love music, but um, listening to things and and just information that just has always, I was telling my husband the other day, I used to listen to when we were in grade school and it's probably so inappropriate, that old lady that would talk about sex and love when we were younger oh on the God, radio, what, what was happened her name? to her? Well, I'm pretty sure she's I... no longer with us. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm old. talking about? Um, yes, I forgot her name. Chiquita. Yes, she, and she, she used was, to have a talk she show. She was little. Yes. Yeah, she had a talk show really late at night. What the hell were you doing? I don't know. I don't know. How but... did you understand what she was talking about? I was just so, I've honestly always been enthralled with human behavior. And it wasn't even so much about like curiosity over sex. It was just like, relationships and human behavior and so i loved i've always just loved talk radio so it was either that or sneaking the television to watch tales from the crypt i mean like no wonder i'm so warped 
But um, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I always love talk radio. So if it's one thing, you know, Hello Audible was it was made for me. Love books. Can't can't read a physical copy. But anyways, I loved it so much. I did get the book because there are sometimes a lot of things, especially in like a self help type of book that you do need the actual physical copy to to see things because like for example this one has that little quiz in the back and it also has other other things in there for you to fill out like he he asks a question at the end of each chapter to, for you to mm -hmm. think about and i'd like to be able to visualize that so i i like like i said i got the book but it's important not just to do because i'll tell you one thing so this morning um i uh Sarah, we changed our recording time a little bit. And then in the meantime, coincidentally, like I, I woke up my husband and I was like, oh, I have a little bit. I was like, hey, why don't you take a quiz for me? And so I had him do it. You woke him up for that? I woke, I woke him up um, so he could, he could take it. And so now I know his love language, which surprised me actually. Well, yes and no. But anyways, um, it just gives you like I, I was able to go to with the questions. And so he didn't know what the love languages were or anything. So it's not like he could give me the answers he thought I was looking for in right. order to try and fit one of them because he had no idea what I was talking about. And so when I told him, he's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But then he's like, oh, another reason why it's important to read the book is because now he's like, oh, so if you do think, do this for me, then I do this for you. I'm like, no, that's not what it's about. It's about you loving me and being considerate that doing this for me just comes naturally to you as I would do this for you. And in taking like the quiz, he's like, Oh, you know, like for example, like he does this whole coffee. Um, he doesn't drink coffee in February. He just goes off of it. And so for his first coffee in March, I went, I, after work, like I'm already super busy. My time is very, like everything's very rigid, very scheduled, but I went, went to Starbucks, got him a coffee and came home and gave him a, first coffee and so i because i was thinking about him and mm -hmm. just little things like that so it's, it's not anything expensive and it wasn't anything it was just honestly because i was thinking about him i know how i knew how much it would mean to him same thing right. with like me he'll just just little things like that that revolve around really knowing your your partner and what would make them happy so for me, it's words of affirmation. I love to hear praise from him that he's proud of me, that he um, he's appreciates what I do at home. So things that you do that aren't really seen, but you know that they're getting done. And so making sure that those things don't go, um, don't go, um, th that aren't taken for granted. Unnoted. Right. Yeah. Yes. That don't go out and notice. So, and then knowing that he's noticing and has the time to say like, Hey, I'm proud of good. you. Yeah. Or for him to just say, I, lo I love it. When he says, I love you to me. It's not like a, it's not a um, blank word for me still. I think for some right. people be like, okay, that doesn't mean anything anymore to me. It does. It always does. Whether he says it five times a day and I'll sometimes like, I'll ask him, do you love me? He's like, yes, I love you. And so that's how we are all day <laughs> because I love to hear it. I love to hear it. So I, I see that's what, okay. So I don't think it's one of my biggest ones on there, but it definitely is. And the reason that I say that is I do like that. I like, I like when he says, I love you. I like when it's random too. Like mm -hmm. when it's super random that I'm lost in thought or doing something and he just looks at me and says it, I'm like, 
But you know what I also am? I'm very analytical. So I'll be like, why did you just say that? And he's like, because I do. And I'm like, I know you do, but why did you just say, like, it's the most random time. And I appreciate that. I like that. But a lot of the times, I think that, I think we also project the love languages that we are because we need that we we project it also so Mm -hmm. i imagine you do that a lot do you if that's if words of affirmation are something that uh, that's on your list is that something that you do to him constantly like do you give him praise do you say thank you for this thank you for that or or you did really good at this or i like this about you do you do that constantly to him Oh, all okay. the time. I tell him I love you all the time. I um, I tell him how handsome he is because I, I will look at him and I'm still completely obsessed with him. But I will mm-hmm. tell him like, oh, my gosh, you're so handsome. Yet Yesterday, I just told him, I'm like, oh, you look so good. And he's like, oh, it's the shirt. And I was like, no, it's you. It's you. Uh-huh. So I find that, you know, you do what you want, mm-hmm. what you want for yourself. Right. You project that. So I know that I like that. And I do that a lot. Like, I will. I have no problem with words of affirmation. My area of trouble is receiving. I have a lot of trouble. I, I, the I love you, the, all that. Okay, yeah. The problem where I have is compliments. I, I don't know why I have trouble receiving them. He, I'm, I'm super pregnant. Not, not super, but yes, I'm very pregnant. I don't feel amazing and sexy and beautiful and, you know, whatever. I'm not, you know how they're like, oh, you're glowing. And no, I don't feel like I am. And I'm, I'm just not feeling myself, you know, and that's normal. That's what happens when you're, you, you are, you have all these hormones going crazy. You're creating life. And so you don't feel good. And I've been sick and stuff like that days. So I'm not feeling my best, but he will constantly tell me how beautiful I am or how, Aww. you know, like he constantly gives me compliments. and. And I'm, I can't receive them. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'll just be like, no, I'm not. That's my first reaction. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Or And even before I was pregnant, he's big on complimenting me. And I'm not used to it, but I like it. And I, did, I, I do tell him that. Like, I have said that to him before. I, I, I'll be like, no, I'm not. Or, or, you know, he'll say something to me, and I just don't know how to receive it, so I just, shut it down and then I'll be like but I like it when you say it so please don't stop because if you stop I'll probably be sad because you don't say it even though I say that I don't like it <laughs> like it's so, like, crazy to me but I don't know how to receive it so that's why I put that also on my list but it's a little iffy because I give it I I like to give him compliments I think that that's important to hear um whether it be your love language or not because it's communication for me is big so yeah. I think it's important to do that and not take them for granted, of course. But that's what I was curious about, knowing if that's on your list, if that's something that you do. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's difficult for me to take a compliment. I think, and for me, I think it's just cultural. I always be like, oh, no, you know, like if somebody compliments your shirt, in, like in the outside world, you're like, oh, it's old. Or you always find something instead of just saying thank you thank you and I'm getting better with that but um for me yeah I I love to hear it so I always tell him but his his love language is um what is it it's acts of service 
acts of service and gifts give, receiving gifts who would know me who would know all me? right so let's all, let's put on the list so words we just discussed words of affirmation right mm-hmm. that's on yours that's one of yours so number two is quality time so with quality time it's i mean literally explains itself it's being with that person not that person filling and doing netflix and then just there or you two sitting on the couch and each of you being on your phone and just the act of you two being present in the same room with that comes actually spending time with each other doing something that you like to do or small mm-hmm. things even meeting for lunch or just having a conversation no electronics no tv no nothing um vacation taking a walk like something like that so that is what quality time is. And um, I think that being married and having kids and then having, even when you're not, just both of you having your own responsibilities and doing everything. If you're a stay-at-home mom, if you have your own job, both of you ha- are in your world, right? That can get lost. And we blame that on routine. Like, we have to do this, so this is what it is. and Sometimes quality time is somebody's love language and that gets lost. So when you're out of the routine and then you guys suddenly have free time, but you decide to, I don't know, sit on the couch or just do something and you think, because that's not one of your love languages, you think that that's enough. I didn't go anywhere. I was with you the whole time. That doesn't fulfill that other person. So he goes on and, and in this chapter, which is quality time. He's talking, I think, is this the one where he talks about the couple that, um, that they're, I think one's a doctor and he doesn't understand why he just doesn't, isn't happy. Like he would come home and I'm home. Uh, Do you remember what no, the I, uh, example for that one was? I, I don't come to me. I think he's so wrapped up. No, no, no. I remember now. He so so the example is a couple. He I don't know if he's a doctor. I don't know what he does, but he's so wrapped up in his job that he comes home and he's like, "Well, I'm home and I do this job for us." Like, and she doesn't appreciate me. She wants you know she wants all these things, but I do what I do my job for us. So to me, that that was important to him, and he just didn't understand why she was so unhappy. So then when they go to ask what and, and try to figure out what her love language is and, and it, it's quality time, the doctor in, in all of these um, chapters makes the couple go through a list of what it is that's important to them and he discovers, well, that quality time it is for her. So he suggests them to do little things and he's like, start doing little things. Start going to lunch with her. Start doing these things. And he's like, but I'm so wrapped up with work. Like, I, I really need to go on to work and get where I want to be. And he's like, okay, when you get to where you want to be at work, do you want to be there by yourself or do you want to be there with her and your children? He's like, well, no, I want her to be with me. And he's like, then you need to do what you, you know, need to do, basically. And that's what I think where it kind of clicks and it makes sense because you don't see that, like, to him. 
he's doing this for his family. I'm working hard. I have long hours. I do all of this for my family. So she should be grateful for that because I'm trying. But he kind of gets lost in it. And, and what's important to him isn't as important to her. And I think that that's, that's a big, that's something common. You get so wrapped up in work that you think that this is for us. Why else would I be doing it? It's for our well-being. It's for me to provide. It's for us to progress. It's for our children. It's to, do, you know, to, to have nice things or whatever the reason might be. You forget about why you're doing this and, and what your partner might be wanting. All she wanted was him. She just wanted his time. She just wanted little things from him. And so it goes to show then, once you start thinking about it, that, yeah, if, if he were to continue on that same path, she was going to get tired and she was going to be like, you know what, peace out, I'm out. I'm not going to do this anymore because you are not here. I'm not married to somebody. I, you just leave and you don't spend the time with me or the kids. And that's not what I want. And so that doesn't, sometimes somebody else looking out would be like, what else does he want? He's a hardworking man and he's doing this and this and this. But that's not what you need. You need quality time. You need that person's presence that, for, to know that somebody's looking at you, to know that they see you and that they are there and you're in a marriage, not just the cycle that keeps going. Yeah, making sure that you're present, whether it's five minutes of uninterrupted time, it, that is worth more than a gift for that person because a gift isn't going to be the way to his or her heart. It's going to be those five minutes of actually truly being attentive and listening or whatever it is that your partner needs. So those things, just paying attention. And I think what it comes down to is what he says throughout the whole book and in each of these chapters as he's explaining each of these love languages is that while, for example, words of affirmation, quality time might be your or your partner's love language, there are also dialects within each yeah. one. So what that looks like to a person might be a little different. It's just about learning what they like. And he's like, I, I challenge you to do something once a week for a month for your partner, not expecting anything in return, not thinking, okay, if I, if I do this for him, he's going to do this for me. It's not about that. It's about being sel selfless, really finding out what that love in that second or third part of your marriage really looks like and doing these acts of service or spending that quality time or giving those words of affirmation and what he found was with the quality time or it, with the gift giving chapter this husband uh he's like sometimes i can't afford it i can't give her the things that she wants and the doctor's like uh well do you know what she wants or how do you know that she wants expensive things talk to her communicate right and so this guy started Listen. bringing a flower to her and maybe the next day next week or whatever he um he made her something and gave it to her it's the fact that of the thought that you put into something and and knowing that you're going to give it with love and that's what the big deal was and this guy's like you know they've been married after that, he started the whole gift giving, like a gift a week. He's like, I didn't give her anything for like the first 20 years of our marriage or whatever it was. That from now on, I will give her a gift once a week for the rest of our lives. And he, when he caught up with them, he's like, he hasn't missed a week. 
and it wasn't that like is so sweet like I, when i read that i was like oh, yeah because like, it, it doesn't so become sweet. like oh it's like a like a like a to-do thing on a on a chart right it just it's because i love you i'm thinking about you hey i saw this flower made me think of you here's a pretty flower i a, 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 you know i made you a i don't Dude, know a card anything like, yes to me that's so, a I, you do not know how many times i've lost my shit when i go somewhere or i'm doing something and i don't know i don't know where i was or what was going on and he leaves little notes like places where i would find them and i'd be like hmm, yeah man you know just and just the smallest thing like it just it makes you feel like well i get all stupid you know like i'm like hmm, yeah, and that's what I, it's about. Yeah, because this person is thinking about you, and you know that. So yeah, that's us. Yeah, um, it's, it's so just about learning. Yeah. So you mentioned the dialect, right? So some of them are quality conversation and focus attention. Like focus attention means like doing something together, and it's just you and them, and they're focused. Quality conversation is like basically um, talking and and listening really listening but you just mentioned learning to talk a lot of us don't know how to talk we don't know how uh, you hear a lot of people saying i wish my husband would just talk i don't know what they're thinking what they're feeling what what's going on and that it, it doesn't come easy because that's a lot of how we are brought up like that you can't just change a person you know it, it takes time it takes work and that person wanting to work for it so yeah. he goes on to exercises on what to do and and to sort of start getting that person to talk. Another thing that really caught my attention, and I see this, I mean, I start, like I said, I start, I start to put people and, and friends that I know that, that have been going through stuff or um, just as examples. But do you remember Dead Seas and Babbling Brooks? Oh, my God. That was in my head. I was like, we have to mention it because we're totally Babbling yeah. Brooks. Okay, so Dead Seas and Babbling Brook. So at first I was like, what the hell is this about? <laughs> but it is basically talking about a dead sea and how a, a dead sea doesn't receive anything. It's just like, it's just there, right? So well, it doesn't give, like they don't put anything out. Like they, they don't, don't give, they don't put anything out there. They just are there. So they they basically are perfectly content with not speaking, with not really talking about anything. And it doesn't mean that anything is wrong with them. This is just who they are. And they're there. Like, they, they, this is just their personality. And somehow, Babbling Brooks are the complete opposite. Babbling Brooks love to talk, love to, you know, just say what they're thinking, say what they're feeling. And they can go on and on and on about themselves, about anything, about, they just can go on and on. So what happens a lot is, these two attract each other and when they are in the let's say in the honeymoon phase they they are like perfection because the babbling brook is the person who can go on and on and on and usually the social butterfly let's say marries or ends up or, or dates somebody who is a dead sea who is just kind of there who listens who takes direction so one i think is sort of like the one that leads and decides and the other one sort of takes direction and listens and is just used to listening so at first that while they're dating this seems like this is perfection to them because they seem to fit very well 
But then down the line, let's say they get married, this becomes an issue. And you see that this person, once the whole honeymoon phase is over, it's like, well, what are they doing for me? Like, what I, I keep telling him or her all of my feelings and whatever, and I receive nothing. Yeah. And it's not that this person is changed. It's just that you are out of that phase, and now it has become an issue. So I totally was like, oh, my God, I totally get this. Like, this is so true. And we fail to see that. Like, when you are in a relationship, everything is perfection, like they were saying. And then once a little bit of time goes by and you're married, and now you have I, – I, I've heard – We've run, on, we've run out of things to say to each other. And it's not that. I just think that at the beginning, it was the honeymoon phase, and you guys were so used to it. And this person filled whatever you didn't, and you felt that they, they did the same thing for you, that it was just like, okay, we're perfect for each other. Let's go. Yeah. No, for sure. It's just like, it's like at first for the Dead Sea, it was easy to be with a babbling brook because they felt like, oh, I don't have to do any of the work. Like she or he is doing all the talking, right? And for the babbling brook, it was like, oh my gosh, he's letting me talk, not interrupting me. I could go on forever. I love this. I love to talk. Like, wow, this is so sweet. that will do it for today's episode of for real for real don't forget to tune in next wednesday to hear part two of our episode on love languages in the meantime we'd love to hear what you have to say have you read the book have you personally had any experience with the five love languages we'd love to know your experience in the meantime please go ahead and uh, subscribe to us on anchor spotify apple Podcasts, or anywhere you prefer to listen to your podcast We'd also love to hear back from you on Instagram. We are at for real underscore for real pod. Facebook at for real for real pod. You can also email us at for real pod at gmail.com. All right, comadres, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week.